Hello everyone and welcome to a very special edition of our Knowledge Group podcast hosted by me, Andy McLeod. I'm the Senior Director of Operations here at the Knowledge Group. And no doubt you've heard about recent world events and as a result the way that we're working is changing and we're seeing live events being cancelled given the increasing emphasis on social distancing and what have you. And we really want to help our community where we can by leveraging our 15 years of experience, doing about 200 or so events per year uh, and putting together some of our top tips and best practices when it comes to managing a live event. Now, if you have any that work for you or, or if you've got any questions for us about anything that we cover today, we would love to hear it. And please let us know by leaving a comment or dropping us an email. The address is info at thenowledgegroup.org. You can also find us on all the usual social media suspects, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So feel free to get in touch with us however it's easiest for you. Now, on our website, we also have our full response to the COVID-19 pandemic and information on how your particular states are changing their continuing education requirements, as well as some additional information that we've got about price reductions on all of our on-demand bundles in light of the changing circumstances. So feel free to visit our website, info at thenowledgegroup.org. All the information as well is all listed and linked in the description. So let's jump right into today's webcast. Here's some top six tips to help you convert a live program into a successful virtual one. And there's no better place to start than with point number one, and that's don't wing it. And I know that sounds obvious. It sounds pretty straightforward, and that's because it's true. These live programs, it's like flying an airplane. You can't just pull over and ask for directions mid-flight. You really need to have everything prepared before you go. So we suggest having a checklist of what you need before you go live. Now, what this can entail can be as simple as what systems do you need, what needs to be open at that time, all the way through to are your backups ready and even the backups of backups. Don't leave anything to the last minute. Your checklist should really be a living document and reviewed every so often. We review ours every month or so. As and when you add new software, you also want to re-review and revisit that document and make sure everyone who needs a copy has a copy and it's readily accessible. Point number two is to set expectations and this is important for both speakers and attendees, making sure that they're where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there and leaving nothing to chance. So what we tend to do is we usually have a number of calls with our speakers, bearing that in mind. We cover things like when the content will be ready and any deadlines for deliverables, how they get connected, which speaker's going to cover what, everything that needs to be covered is covered. We also like to try and schedule a rehearsal ahead of time. And this just allows our speakers to have a dry run at getting connected, getting familiarized with our platform and leaving nothing to chance. Now, on the attendees front, we give them regular updates of when the webcast is going to be and how they can connect. We also send them some information about how to check their connection ahead of time, but we're always available if need be via phone prior to the event, an email as well. We set expectations from the outset and I can't emphasize how important that is. When it comes to tip number three, it's somewhat related, and that's to keep things simple. And when there's fewer moving parts, we found that there's less that can go wrong. And just sticking to the slides 
is the best. I mean, slides are an industry standard for a reason. And I know what you're thinking and I know what the comments will say. Sure, that one bullet point on slide number five looks excellent on PowerPoint when it swoops in from one side of the screen to the other like Indiana Jones. But when your attendee doesn't have as fast a connection and for them it's creeping slowly frame by frame and it slows the whole presentation down, it doesn't look so good and it doesn't really lend itself to a good experience. It can be frustrating for the speakers and the attendees. Now, when you want to use a video, say you want to use a product demo, a video chat, anything like that, get it prepared ahead of time. When it comes to a live product demo, for example, there's nothing worse than the host goes to screen share, you see all of their programs open, you see a couple of emails about what they're having for dinner, what they're going to do after the webcast. So ditch the live video where possible, skip the over-the-top animation, stick to slides, record everything that you need ahead of time, it makes sure that everything works and nothing's left to chance. So we've talked a little bit about preparation and how to prepare for going live for the event itself, but what to do during the event when things don't go right. Getting back to the airplane analogy that we used earlier, I'm sure everyone's experienced a little bit of turbulence from time to time. So our point number four is to have a backup ready. And we're not just talking about a plan B, but also a plan C, maybe even a plan D as well. And this could be as simple as having a second internet connection, like a mobile hotspot, and put a pin in that. We'll come back to that later. You could have a backup for your recording. Now, a lot of virtual meeting platforms do have alternate connection information, so make sure you get that distributed. That could be an alternate dial-in number or, or how to access it through your computer's audio. You want to be able to have your own backup as well in case these things don't work. And I know that sounds like overkill, but these all make sure that if something goes wrong, the show goes on. Point number five of six is fairly long, and I'll probably build this into a separate podcast itself. But to give you the Cliff Notes version today, you have to make sure that your technology is up to snuff. Now, if you don't have the appropriate tech, your event will suffer. So here's a couple of suggestions here. At first, we do suggest using a laptop over a desktop, particularly for the host computer, and that's mainly because of portability. These usually have a, have a battery. They last a, a couple of hours at least, enough to get you through the webcast. Just remember to charge them. This portability also helps when it comes to, say, a fire alarm in the building and the host computer has to move. The show still goes on. Now, I mentioned that mobile hotspot earlier. A backup internet connection is key. You want to use something like a mobile hotspot, another internet connection, and that might sound like overkill, as I mentioned earlier. But with everyone working remotely at the moment and with an increased strain on the network these days, you never know when you'll have an internet connection drop. And knowing Murphy's Law, as soon as you need something, that's when it'll drop off. So having that backup there. You want to also consider adding an additional monitor. I mean, the struggle for desktop real estate is real. You don't want to be dealing with the stress of clicking around for different programs and having to juggle with what's on the desktop, especially with the pressure of a live event. You really want to consider adding this additional monitor. I mean, at the moment, they're reasonably inexpensive. And as I mentioned, they save you having to juggle with what's on the desktop and everything's in one field of view. So you can rest easy knowing that you can see everything. And finally, as far as tech's concerned, as far as the last point for point number five, make things easy. And this goes for speakers, yourselves, and attendees as well. So 
I know you're going to say that this is exactly the same as point number three, and that's because it's so important. If you can add or remove some technology that ultimately makes things easier for you, attendees or speakers, do it. Just make sure you test things first and don't leave everything to the very last minute. Don't leave it to the live webcast to test these things out. And our final number, our final point, point number six, as I mentioned, is really try and participate in someone else's event. Why not? I mean, let someone else do the heavy lifting for you. Of course, we would love it if you chose to partner with us here at the Knowledge Group when it comes to converting your in-person events to live virtual ones. But there are a lot of us firms out there. But yeah, let us do the heavy lifting. I mean, we can save you the time of waiting to get the sign-off on new equipment, having to train staff, having to allocate budget, and all the fun stuff that I mentioned in points one through five. I mean, given everything that's going on at the moment, it's never been more important for your business to remain as agile as possible. And we can produce live events quickly, seamlessly. So get in touch with us. As I mentioned, all of our contact information is mentioned in the description. We can help you convert those live in-person events to a virtual platform that everyone can join. And with that, there you have it. There's six tips to convert an in-person event into a successful virtual program. Let us know if you found any of these tips useful or if you have any ones that particularly work for you that perhaps we haven't covered. Let us know if you want to hear more content like this as well. If you've got any questions, any feedback, get in touch with us. All the information is in the description box and we look forward to coming back to you soon with some more of our podcasts. And until next time, take care. Bye for now.